All right, everyone. Welcome back to episode two of Sweet, Salty, and Unsettled. Sweet and salty. Salty and sweet. I said sweet <laughs> and salty. That means your stomach did a little background note on that. Ah, I told you. <laughs> everyone, nice. welcome Shimon's stomach. <laughs> are you gonna say something are you gonna speak to the audience it likes to speak often it really does but i am jasmine also known as jasmine defined on youtube and instagram and i am gonna be sweet and salty shimon this week <laughs> i'm just unsettled <laughs> welcome people welcome we are back for episode two we stuck it out for another week Woo! Clap it up. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. Yes, we just got religious on you. (laughs) (laughs) All right. First, I want to make the announcement that we need you guys to subscribe either on iTunes or SoundCloud. We also are starting a YouTube channel that's not up just yet, but I'm working on it. But make sure you subscribe on iTunes or SoundCloud and tell your friends because this is really, I feel like this is going to have to grow based on word of mouth. Because a lot of people don't even know what podcasts are. It most definitely will have to be brought to the light by those who are watching, who are listening, my bad, at the moment. Right. Thank so you. So, like, the two people who have listened so far, make sure you tell your friends. Please tell your friends. <laughs> Share the wealth, please. Yes. All right, but let's get into it. So, first, let's start with our um, sweet recap and our salty regrets of the past week. Shimon, you probably should start because I don't know what I'm going to say. It's so st- <laughs> Stop it. I'm not prepared for that. Okay, so my little sweet recap is actually quite personal. Um, actually, this past weekend, I said goodbye to L.A. and said hello to D.C. Well, I guess the DMV. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I haven't been home since, what, June of 2016 for my brother's graduation. This time was um, on a bittersweet note. I actually had to go back home because um, last May, my cousin was um, murdered due to gun violence. And um, unfortunately, um, it's been a difficult time for my family this past year. And in spite of that, my uncle and my aunt decided to basically pulled together and create a foundation in his name which is called the Daryl Harrison the second crime victim foundation and this weekend sat this past Saturday they had um their first event mm-hmm. called stop the killing event and um yeah our whole family came out to support and it it went off without a sitch it was just a great nice. event um you know local radio stations came out I mean, it was, it was, to me, the most, I don't know, I was just so proud, mm-hmm. you know, just being there and seeing them, you know, deal with this tragedy. You know how they say that like, sometimes, you know, dealing with the death of a child, mm-hmm. how it can um, break a family, especially like a marriage Right. Usually, um, the couple they they choose to hold resentment towards each other, mm-hmm. and um, it's hard for them to kind of get past the hurt and the pain. Right. 
well my aunt and uncle they it's just amazing how they just come together and chose to you know deal with this again tragedy as a unit and that's what you saw on Saturday them two fighting for this cause that they are so passionate about that it hits so close to home and with us still you know um, going through the whole process of you know um, trying to take this man to trial to get justice for my cousin it's been it's been a battle Mm -hmm. and you know, we, we've been able to really learn a lot of things about Maryland laws. Like, they're so backwards as any other state, as we've I seen. I was about to say, I think that's the law in general. You know. Um, it's the country. Really. But, again, it was, I said, it was bittersweet. But the sweet part about it is that it was just so, it was just so amazing to see our family just band t- together and come out and just... For a good you cause. know, show face and support yeah. one another, and again, that's what happened. So, kudos to my auntie and my uncle Daryl. You guys are amazing. I love you so much, and I'm so proud of you. Okay, your niece loves you. <laughs> so, Jasmine, what, what what is your sweet recap for the week? Girl, I don't know. I don't know how the hell I'm supposed to match that. Jasmine. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um. I guess the only thing that comes to mind is something that happened to me yesterday, which was kind of weird. I'm not sure if it's sweet yet because it was kind of like borderline creepy, but it started off like seeming pretty genuine. But I went to visit a friend and um, I was parking my car outside and this guy who I believe to be homeless, I don't really know, but he kind of gave me a homeless vibe. This older black guy old black guy um is riding by on his bike so just as i get out the car he stops and he says i see you working hard (laughs) so i just kind of laugh and i'm like yeah i'm trying girl he was trying to holler he was trying he was going to get right so you know i'm already like not even trying to make eye contact or nothing because i'm just trying to be like cordial like hey yeah i'll speak to you but i gotta get going but then he said something to me like, um, it might have been something like, you keep working hard and it's going to pay off. Or like, I, don't, I can't remember exactly what he said, but whatever he said, it was like so relevant just to like what to I was situation. thinking about as I was getting out the car, really. Because I had been thinking about it like oh, wow. while I was driving. How eerie is that? It was kind of eerie because it's just like, is he just like talking out the side of his neck or, you know, is this really like something going down right here? He's trying Girl, to tell me something. You know what that was. So I figured, let that me was, stop and listen and see what this guy got to say. That was God, girl. So he just keeps going on and on and he's talking about how like I'm a queen and he asked me like why I came to LA like are you out here to act and I was like no not really like I tried my hand at it but I don't know if that's really like where my heart is he was like yeah you're not falling into that whole trap of like trying to chase fame like I can see it in you like you're a good person and you um you are royalty and you are meant for greatness and I like him anyone who doesn't who can't like match that or like give you what you want you don't need to waste your time on them. 
So he's just going on and on about this. And I'm just like, that sounds like good advice to me. I'm too. What was his name? Girl, I don't remember that guy. I don't think he told he. I don't think Jasmine. He, when, when a man pulls you to the side off the street, Shamal, giving you that wisdom, knew. this lecture. You get the man's name. Will probably be the first and last conversation we'll have. But let me hear what this man <laughs> has to say. He never offered his name. He asked me my name, but he never told me his. I don't. I'm pretty sure he. So did. you told somebody your name and you didn't get theirs. No. Mistake number one. Shamal. <laughs> This man know I won't. Well, you know, he is a stranger. I was street, trying to be so. on my way. And like I said, part of me felt like it may have been genuine. But also, this is still like just some man. And you know how anytime I'm, I come in contact with a man, I'm assuming that he's trying to push up. True. So. Because nine times out of ten. There's always that caution. Right. Is. There's always that caution there like. He probably just bullshitting because he just wants to talk to me. Exactly. But I listened to him for a while. And he's just talking about how, like, um, he started talking about God and stuff. And Okay. I don't remember. Like, he said so much. I don't remember everything he said. But he also said something like, I need to, whatever that, you need to stop talking to that little boy you talking to. Hold up. So then I kind of looked at him like. What little boy? And he was like, "What?" And I was like, "Well, you talking like you know something? Like, what are you talking about?" He was like, "I'm just saying, like, who's what boy are you talking about?" No, he said, "He said, what boy are you talking to?" And I was like, "I didn't say I was talking to a boy. I'm just trying to figure out what made you say that." He's like, "I'm just saying, like, aren't you child tired of? Um, I'm tired, y'all. Bear with me. Aren't you tired?" <laughs> It's late. He's like, aren't you tired of um, doing childish things or something like that? Oh, girl, I thought you were going to say that he had the tea. But that's what I'm saying. He like, eyes I feel like you needed to know. I feel like he he may have known something. So that's why I'm like, well, what are you trying to say? Like, be, say what you mean. Don't give me no code. Okay, and what did he say? And... That's all he said. He was because he was trying to keep it general. Like I'm just saying, whatever guy you're talking to, if he's not right for for you, you need to move on and find somebody who's worthy. And Jasmine, you didn't probe to get more information. I did, but I can't make him say anything. Like he just he said what he said. Oh my goodness. <laughs> but um, yeah, okay, it was now, just kind of weird. That's, that, that's but very then, weird. But then he said something like, and this is where I really got creeped out. I was like, okay, it's time to go. He goes, like, aren't you tired of childish things or something like that? Or, like, don't you feel like you're... Something about me feeling like I'm a child or something. I said, no, I actually feel very grown. Like, more grown than I would like to be, actually. And he was like, well, you don't have any kids, do you? I said, no. He said, okay, well, have you felt like... um, Have you felt that light within you, like you ready to have kids? Have you felt that? What light is this? That's what I'm... I started looking at him like kind of like uh, I don't know what you're talking Girl, that about. Like God sent you the prophet of today. I think that's what he. Th- that's at the very least what he thought. So he was like, <laughs> he was like, you know, before a woman is ready to have a child, I need to Google this. He probably got it from some YouTube. He probably did. That's what I was. To I say. bet you this is online somewhere. He said, um, <sighs> when you're ready, when a woman is ready to have a child, she feels something within her. It's like this explosion of lights where she feels like she's giving birth 
she feels like she's giving birth which would cause her to want to give birth because i'm thinking of because i hear that sound backwards don't it because exactly. i feel it i'm gonna be thinking about wait a minute i might not want to <laughs> not about the things i heard about so um, i'm just like confused and it's just like I'm, what i need to clarify what explosion you're talking about before we can move forward but at that point i'm like you know what i gotta go <laughs> So I got up out of there, but it was just a very weird experience. Well, at least we know. So that I can't really say it was sweet, but it was. Some, it did make me think. I'll say that much. Yeah. Well, for what it's worth. At least you know that. Oh, he also told me I need to get into real estate and gave me some tips on that. But okay, this conversation so, was all over the place. So we know that you need to, you know, clean house. Yeah, apparently I need to get rid of somebody <laughs> with certain, you know, childlike boys that you're you're keeping in your company these days. Mm-hmm. Um, which I'm not sure how much that relates to you at the moment, but anyway, at least we know that motherhood is on the horizon for you eventually. As soon as you, you know, I think he feel that light trying to low key bursting. tell me I look fertile. <laughs> I I had some guys tell Maybe. me that before. Actually, me and Kia, I think it was me, my mother, and Kia, my sister Kia. We were in Vegas, and these two old guys said something about mm, "you look fertile" or something like that. And we looked at each other, and my mother was like, "They must be talking about y'all." <laughs> I was like, "No, they might have been talking about you." But um, has anyone ever said, "I look fertile"? It's such a creepy thing to say, but I've heard like, I just feel like that's just stories about saying, men saying like, that. Or men. I've heard that men have their own like little biological clock. So when they, you know, get in the mood of like, hey, it's time for me to settle down. I need I need to start a family. Mm-hmm. I heard that they're like on the prowl for like fertile, abled women. I think there's some kind of science to like naturally there are things about women that men are attracted to because of, you know, this like certain aspects of women that show that they're fertile or something. Okay, but yeah, that's that was my sweet. And then like, what was your salty regret? Okay, so my salty regrets. By the way, I don't think we should have regrets every week. So <laughs> I don't know how long this is gonna last. But go ahead. Well, not, I won't say regrets. And sometimes, you know, regrets aren't necessarily a bad thing. You know, as mm-hmm. long as you learn that good Something old lesson do better going forward. that comes out of that. I feel every mistake, there's a lesson learned somewhere within that. Mm-hmm. So, I am proud <laughs> <laughs> and willing to be open about my salty regrets. Okay. Okay. Which... Goes back to family. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so being, being back at home, of course, one good thing about, you know, visiting home is um, reconnecting and reuniting with, with family. So I was kind of salty this weekend because I didn't get to see everyone that, you know, I expected to see. Especially when you made a huge effort to, like, reach out mm-hmm. and people tell you, like, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We gonna we gonna get up, yeah. And then you're like, when, when is this gonna happen? Because um, I do have a, pl- a flight book Monday. Right. <laughs> so yeah, I was a little disappointed. My cousin, 
I don't know what's going on with him. You know, he he's reconnecting with his baby mother. Mm-hmm. Mm. <laughs> all I can say is, mm. <laughs> let me stop. The girl isn't all that bad. Well, actually, she's pretty bad. <laughs> I feel that she, you know, she has reason to kind of feel the way that she does. But at the same time. About what? So, um, I believe that her whole issue with, like, allow, allowing my cousin to come and be with family is that she wanted to kind of, she she wants to kind of keep him close-knit. You know how people like to keep people in a corner? That way, you know, you isolate them from their family. So, you can, it's, it's easier to manipulate them in mm-hmm. that way. You feel me? I kind of feel like it may be a, a little bit of trickery <laughs> that sort going on. Um, but I do think it was um, intentional. And that hurt my feelings. God mm. damn it. It did. I wanted to see my cousin. You know how hard it is to get back home? Right. Sometimes. Most of the time. It's really hard. And well, You know, I know. Look, I wanted to see him and my baby. And she was hogging them to herself. So, yeah. That was my salty regret for the week. What was yours, girl? Once again, who the hell knows? Um, Don't say that. I mean, I guess that would be a good thing if I didn't have a salty regret. But my salty regret is probably literally salty. Because my diet... Oh god. Has been off the chain and I really need to get it together and eat better and start working out. It's just too much fast food. We just had Pizza Hut. And it wasn't enough for me to get thin crust pepperoni with extra cheese. I had to go the extra mile and get boneless barbecue wings. I had to tell your business because we are in this together. <laughs> it can't just be me. But um oh. yeah, that's my only regret for this this week so let's talk about other people's business what are we starting with today we're starting with the atlanta housewives reunion part three well let's talk let's start with potomac first because atlanta has a lot to it and potomac is they do okay so potomac it is so girl for all you people out there (laughs) especially in the dmv I actually do like Potomac Housewives. They're it's better than DC. <laughs> I don't know what they were trying to do. Oh with my that. goodness! I think they were trying to go more on the you know the political route, and they but should. it didn't. It really didn't pan out. What made you think you would get like some political people to? Which most of those people weren't like. What did they do? I don't even remember who was on the show. Really, it was it was mostly Capitol Hill. I guess. But Potomac, on the other hand, it's just good old suburban gossip mm-hmm. and mischief <laughs> <laughs> and nonsense. <laughs> oh my goodness! This episode was um, who was it? Giselle Hayden. Was that what you were asking? <laughs> Trick her out. <laughs> oh, kick out the trick or something. Kick like out that. the trick. <laughs> And apparently the trick was Giselle. Giselle sometimes acts like a trick. You know how, you know, 
<laughs> Cherie so so called, you know, implied that she was a a hoe. A hoe last season. Mm-hmm. Well, she is fighting hard to redeem her name because um yeah. Homegirl is coming with all the shade this season. And for some reason she's just like giving poor little Monique the blues, like for no reason. She's just hating. I don't get it. Now, mind you, I understand that she's the hazer of the group, but um, really, Giselle, she may have. Are are, are you really the hazer, or are you just the jealous hate, because hate this pretty girl, okay, has stolen the spotlight, <laughs> or has everything that you want? Everything that everything that you had at one point. <laughs> But yeah, for those who haven't watched, it all started when Monique, who was like the new girl in the group, came to Pretty Girl High Tea, High Spirits, and um, Giselle. They were asking her, you know, about whether she lives in Potomac. Like, no, I don't have a home in Potomac, but we're looking. So Giselle said some shady ass comment like, um, "Oh, so you don't have a home? Clearly shade." And come on now, really, you don't have a home. So Monique responds, actually, we have four. And I didn't see anything <laughs> wrong with that. Because right. it, exactly. She returned shade that for door, shade. Exactly. She what tried to play her, expect? and she had to let her know, no, actually, I have four. I'm looking for a fifth. Actually, I don't even think that Monique even, if it even re- like registered in her mind that that, that was shade. I think I it think. did. She just played it off so well. It seemed like she was just saying, like, oh, no, I have four. <laughs> I love Monique. That's what I think. It's like, ah, uh, she is giving me life this season. Okay, she is bringing life to the show. She is. That was uh, a good pick. Did, did you see her little rap? <laughs> I ain't like the rap, but I was like, <laughs> I was like, I mean, maybe it was it, like just it, it was the, questionable, but at the same time, she did the shit. She did. You feel me? I mean, it wasn't. I've seen worse on like Love and Hip Hop or something, <laughs> but. <laughs> So, yeah, ever since then, Giselle's what? talking about how she's been, like, throwing things in people's faces. Like, throwing the fact that she has four homes and basically bragging. Like, trying to make it seem like she's just so well off. So, Giselle tries to make light that, honey, boo-boo, you wouldn't be so well off if it wasn't, if it wasn't for your, you know, NFL retired husband. Right. That has afforded this perfect little life for you. And? Which, and, yes. Like, <laughs> What's your point? <laughs> exactly. I'm just so tired of people, like, downplaying. And Giselle should know, for one, because she's I still don't know it. what Giselle does for like, a living. You know how hard it is to be a, sing- not a, well, a single mom, yes, now. But e- even to be a stay-at-home mom at one point, you know. Come on now. That's not the easiest job at all. Right. At all. To, to take care of home. Come on now. And them kids that come along with it. She and your husband. But this episode it came back to bite her because she got kicked out of the cookout. Once again, <laughs> she's being kicked out of the party. Again, because of her messy friend. Her Which, messy ass friend. Okay. Oh my God. So Monique Did- had this cookout and Giselle showed up in this long floor length jacket to a barbecue. Now, I will <laughs> mind you like Everyone seemed pretty dressed up for a barbecue. 
Now, I don't know if it's because... But it was also clearly warm outside. It was clearly warm outside, and she had, like, a long sleeve floor It wasn't long sleeve. It's one one of those hooded jackets where the arms, you know, kind of come out like a curtain. Basically long sleeve. It was a lot of material. It was cute. Whatever season it was. It was too cute for a barbecue. Like, baby girl, for real, you're going to risk getting... Barbecue sauce. It would have been one thing she had came in and like took it off or something, hung it. Exactly, because it seemed like she has something really basic, like on her. Yeah. Like she let that thing on, like she came to a funeral. She came in like she was ready to go. Cause she was standing there holding she her was ready. She was ready to dance. some that's bitches. What, that's why she kept that jacket on. Because she was like, oh, yeah, we getting kicked out tonight. Let me just keep this jacket on. Right. And she kept so that purse real ready. close. Did you see uh, that? She picked it up off the counter. And they made sure to show that yes. on camera. Oh, we can go. We, we've been kicked out of better places than this. Like, uh, she had that purse in her hand was holding on tight. Take Their whole messy friend, who was the same friend, apparently. Right? They got her kicked out of Cherie's place. The first season. First season. season. Would you say the second episode? <laughs> I believe it was like the second. It might have been the first, but I think it was the second. Oh, you know what? It might have been the first. It was early. <laughs> Real early. So clearly she knows. She knew what she was. Because she even said, like, I would bring. What's the guy that she's dating? What's his name? Shorty by nature. <laughs> she said she would bring, you know, her, her boy, the guy that she's dating. But. For whatever reason, she felt that it would be better to bring her friend, her messy friend. She knew what she was doing because she knew he was going to come right. in here and say all the things she wanted to say. Exactly. And then she could just, like, you know, basically throw a rock and hide her hand. People are not stupid. Giselle knew what she was trying to do. But she still managed to get out that, um, what did she, she didn't call her mouth almighty. What did she call her? Basically, she said that she talked too much. Basically. Like, but, um,. Monique has a Shimon. Stop. Shimon. <laughs> I swear her friend reminded me of Shimon. That's like, that would be Shimon. Like, why y'all in here whispering about my friend? Let me tell you, okay? <laughs> I love this friend, okay? Because for one thing, she sat back and was observing. Like, she knew. Like, her, being her, shady. her friend prepped her. Yeah, that's that bitch that I don't like. So yeah, she was she ready. Got, she was ready. So, you know, she was out, like, just waiting. She was staying in the house and kept an eye on She them. stayed. Everybody was outside, people. But her ass was right there in that kitchen waiting uh, for her to say something stupid. I think she already heard what they said. Because remember, Monique was going outside. And she said, Gigi, you come in. She was like, yeah, one minute. And then she stood there. And then she said, you know, it's uh, rude to be whispering about somebody in their own house. Mm-hmm. I heard what y'all said. <laughs> and old Giselle tried to play it off. She waited like, for we everybody to clear nothing. out. We were just saying, you know, how good of a home this is. And yeah, so Monique had to come in there and, and tell her, well, you know what? Get if you're going to be talking shit, you can exit. But the best part was that when she went out and told her husband, he said, well, tell her to roll out. Yes. <laughs> that was so good. No further questioning, just like, okay, because well, you know what to do. Before then, Giselle on her way out the door was like, uh, well, tell your husband I said goodbye. And she said, I, I won't. won't. <laughs> Since we are on Atlanta Housewives, we gotta talk about part three of the reunion. We haven't talked about like part one or two, but there was really no point because obviously they put all the good stuff. Towards the end. In the last, which I expected, the last two parts. Of course. Part three got started, and I cannot wait. They did a great job. Like, that was a great cliffhanger. Oh, my God. For part four. 
it was some shit is about to go down. Perfect. And I don't even know what it is. I don't know what it is. I can't wait. I can't really like pinpoint it. Okay, so they finally started getting into the whole candy and Porsche situation. Uh, which which they they've been touching on it like briefly here and there. I feel like Candy has been like interjecting like, but didn't you say blah blah blah? But Andy is like, like whoa now, whoa now, like we saving that for episode like for part four of the reunion. Yes. we're gonna get to that girl. You just wait, and um, she Andy. ready because Candy has had the face like her game face on this entire reunion. Woo. Have you felt all three parts? Like, I cannot wait to rip into these bitches. And she's about to be unleashed. Girl. I cannot wait. Like you said, that mouth been tight. Tightly wound. So, Just what happened ready. in part three? Okay, so they started talking about Portia with these whole... Um, basically, the lesbian rumors about Candy. And, of course, Portia is, beating around, Portia is beating around the bush trying to point her fingers at everybody else. Well, Sheree brought it to me like this, so I thought you said this. Well, Sheree did bring it to her. I'm not going to like... Oh, Sheree is always bringing something. You know, because she's the bone carrier. Mm-hmm. The bone carrier. <laughs> but you know what, though? Of course, Sheree need, she, she needed a storyline. That's so, her role. You know. She, you know, they, they brought her back in and stir mess up. Right. But but luckily she did because if not, then, you know, these little dirty little secrets that Phaedra and Portia have been spreading around town, you know, because mm-hmm. the streets always talking in Atlanta. <laughs> Apparently they're the streets. <laughs> they are the streets. <laughs> Phaedra is the street. She's the highway. Phaedra, okay. she got connections at city, what is it, city hall? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Candy did say so that. she really, look, she she the law. Uh, she trying <laughs> She to really be. can be the street. She want enough of the law to keep her husband out of jail, though. That's because she didn't want his ass out there. <laughs> <laughs> she said, send his ass away. So I can go ahead and be Shoot. with Mr. Chocolate. After this episode, I'm thinking she might have set him up, too. <laughs> you know what? I was thinking the exact same thing. She might thing. have been in on that. She might be a little smarter than I you even feel me? thought. And I always knew Phaedra had. I knew she... Phaedra's not a dumb woman. She is very, very intelligent. I knew she was a I liar. I see her. And she was two-faced and fake. But I didn't know. I didn't see her as, like, conniving until, like, actually around the time when Apollo admitted that he was lying about that Kenya stuff. I was thinking, ain't no way that Phaedra didn't know that he was lying. I think they planned that. I don't know. Because Kenya was very, very flirtatious with him. So I honestly I don't have to disagree with you on that one. I really I cause I thought that they, they might have had something going on. Because for one thing, we had just been introduced to Kenya and her behavior was disgusting and trifling like Phaedra said. I don't care what anybody said. On that one trip and then she did text him and tried to throw that in Phaedra's face and that's where she messed up. Right. Exactly. But I think Phaedra took that as an opportunity to run with it. Like, oh yeah, she been pushing up on Apollo. And she saw him at a hotel and tried to hook up with him and blah, blah, blah. I don't think Apollo made that up by himself. Are you trying to say now that we know what Phaedra is capable of? (laughs) That's when I started thinking like, hmm, Phaedra might be. He not that smart to put that together. Phaedra put that shit together. Phaedra (laughs) might be the mastermind. And it's clear that she know how to pull some puppet strings. Because look at poor old Portia. She don't know what she's doing. Portia is about to have the worst breakdown in history on live television. She's so confused. But yes. Bewildered. Bamboozled. I don't blame her, but at the same time, her little dumbass deserved that shit. How the hell are you gonna sit up there and 
take up for a person who you just became fast friends with over a person you've known for years. A friendship that a friendship that you've had for, for years. Shamia. Oh yeah. You wanna sit up there and come like agree with the shit. Phaedra said that okay, so everyone out there if you haven't seen it. Sorry, spoiler alert. Um <laughs> Phaedra made an accusation of that Shamia has been fucking Candy and Todd. Well, if you haven't seen that by now, then you just ain't watching the just show. I know, you watching the show. That's so. not no real spoiler. It really isn't a spoiler. Late. So late. But yeah, she, um, like, and Portia sat there, okay, and didn't say a thing. And you saw that face where she thought about saying something like, in her mind, when Phaedra said the shit, you saw she it. She kind of like, did that, like, gulp. Like, Phaedra. Like, you shouldn't have oh said God. that, but how, I don't know how I'm going to react to that. How could you say that? That's when That's when I knew Phaedra ass was wrapped around her motherfucking finger. You mean Portia was wrapped around Phaedra? I mean Portia, exactly. Because, mm-hmm. come on now. You want to sit there, and you and you knew you, knew you wanted to say something. Mm-hmm. But you chose to stay silent. And then they continue to talk about the shit. And um, Sheree asks you if you knew anything about this. And you respond, oh, well, yeah, you know, you know, they are close. She close with Candy and Todd. Candy and Todd. Really? Just throwing, adding fuel to the fire. Really? Miss Best Friend. Threw your friend under the bus like that. That is sad. I don't get, like, I don't understand how her mind works. I don't know what they got going on or how Phaedra convinced her to do whatever she's doing and go along with it. But, and the thing is, I thought that Portia was actually younger. Like, I thought she might have been, like, around our age or something. Oh, I never knew that. I didn't know that she was, like, what, mid-30s? So I always, like, gave her, like, the benefit of the doubt. Like, well, she's younger, so maybe she's just not at the point. Not that, you know, I would be acting like Portia on the show because I would not. But maybe she's not, you know, quick enough with it to where she can keep up with these ladies with the shade. And that's why she say little dumb stuff that she says or, like, does little dumb things that she Because she's not able to think ahead. Like, well, what are the consequences of this going to be? Like, if I imply that Candy's a lesbian... What can she say about me? Oh, yeah, she could say that I made out with her in the club and offered to eat her out. But now that I know that she is a real, like, a grown, grown-ass Mm-mm. woman, like, there's no excuse. Mm-mm. I don't understand how your brain, like, now I see why There is no excuse. Ditzy. I don't, you know what, I won't even call her ditzy because I don't think Portia is that damn ditzy. She is. To the point where you're going to allow someone to manipulate you to turn your back on your friend. Yes. Like, unfortunately, she had to admit that, like, after Shamia saw the episode, they haven't spoken since. That's because she don't need Shamia. And apparently she's that type of person. And you know how some people, some people are that type, like, if you're not of any benefit to me, then I'll throw you under the bus just so I can keep this friendship and this alliance so I can have a storyline on this show. Honestly, I don't think that. I'm going to go deeper. I'm going to say that she was willing to do that shit because she was threatened by Shamia's relationship with Candy. I do. I think think that she felt like Candy was stealing her, her best friend. 
and she didn't know how to deal with that so she chose to get payback and she knew that Candy and Phaedra were having issues so she said hey well you know what I'm gonna fake like I'm gonna try to get y'all to be friends again but for real this might work in my favor who knows the thing is they didn't really show too much of like Shamia's relationship with any of them before this season no yes they did it's like she's kind of popped up Shamia was there last season as like a background friend like she didn't have no part of the storyline but she didn't like really th- um, this is the only season where she's been like a prominent figure they, in the well because, because they, they brought her in like last season I guess she's always been there mm-hmm. but they brought her in last season because Candy actually spoke very highly of Shamia um, that's when they try to bring her in as if she was like Portia's assistant or something. Did they? Yeah. Remember when they uh, went to the Portia's house? Sister? Was she like filling in for her sister because her sister was pregnant or something? I think I think so. Maybe possibly. Maybe it was. I still think Phaedra is like the mastermind. Phaedra just. I mean Portia just doesn't know because maybe it was that she saw that she was getting close with Candy. And maybe Phaedra had convinced her, like, well, you know, Candy is doing this, this, and that. Right, because she started last season. She probably over there t- talking to Shamia about this, this, and that. You need to watch your back. And then Portia was thinking, like, well, she is kind of buddy-buddy with You know all Candy, that stuff was going on. So let on. me try to jump ahead of it and, you know. You know, because the main, the main thing with, with Phaedra was, and, I, you know, I understood. I just feel like Phaedra, she handled it in... Just the poorest fashion. Like, she felt like Candy wasn't there for her when she really needed that that girlfriend there to mm-hmm. help her go through something that, you know, is... It's a life-altering, you know, event. Like, getting or going through a divorce or leading up to a, a, a divorce and trying to figure out if you should get a divorce mm-hmm. or, you know, your husband has all this stuff out in the, the media about him being a fraud and, you know, he may, he may go to jail. That's a lot of stress. You have two young boys that you're still trying to take care of. And she probably just need, needed a friend to reach out to. And you know how some sometimes people get so busy, and Candy was also busy as well, mm-hmm. that she was, you know, ha- handling her own shit. And I think that Phaedra felt like she, she shouldn't have to reach out to you, that she should have been reaching out to her knowing you know everything that was going on she should have been there like number one since they were so close phaedra is instead of what she may not instead of just talking to candy about it her first instinct is always to either which i don't feel like she bashed candy initially it was just her talking to nini and portia about it because they were kind of digging for it and trying to make it into a storyline clearly but even like after they had their falling out and it's just clear that they not gonna be cool because obviously they had issues even just with the whole Todd thing right. and him doing the video for her and her not paying him and then trying to act like she had paid him when clip then she she ended up writing him a check in she the, did in the end anyway. I'm not sure if it was for the um the total amount but she did write him a check which shows that she did owe him some money exactly because I'm sure she's just not handing out money exactly and. <laughs> so like stuff like that probably added up and then the Apollo thing they already kind of feeling like she is a little shady and she felt that so she probably felt some kind of way but your reaction should not be to like try to go on TV and just like 
either spill all, it's not even spilling all the tea just like make up lies about somebody like what kind of person does that Tadra granted she is a liar but lie about your own stuff don't lie on me fake true especially when you know I will drag you in this bitch <laughs> girl we missed the best part of the show like forget all the candy stuff I mean it's good but Peter oh my goodness and Peter was only up there for what the first five ten minutes I would say, you know, he had a bit more. They, I'll say I'll give him 25 minutes. You it know. might have felt like that because we kept pausing the show. But it I was know. early and it was short. You but think it so? was like just enough Peter to be like. Peter went out with Give Peter a peach. Peter deserved his peach. Peter will be back. Not, to, not, not for that to be an insult. But Peter, like I really do like Peter. I feel like he, he's just a man of many words and many thoughts. Mm-hmm. And he has no problem expressing them right he like if i'm gonna be sitting on this stage i'm gonna say what i want to say especially when you and know he was trying to come for everybody yes he came but phasia i ain't know where that came from it's like what phasia saying something about um that's because phasia came for him not last last season right but yeah. i'm saying like it's it was out of nowhere for this episode i know but that's because they they over there being fake and phony phaedra was and talking about how she didn't want portia to have a baby out of wedlock because she know how it is how hard it is to be a single mother and she's like you should um you should want to have it all you should have the whole package he said do you have the whole package phaedra she was like well he was like do you have the whole package <laughs> and she said no but I did And he said okay but where, what did he, did he say something about where is he at now No What did he say He, he said he said, he said at the Porsche He was like where, where's Todd yeah, He oh, should he, be here He started off just asking Interrupting Andy and Porsche and saying uh, Hold on I just gotta ask the question real quick Why is he not here Talking about uh, Porsche's Todd right. Why is he not here She was like what why is he not here? I love he how he should like, be here. They was acting like they ain't here when he is. Uh-huh. Why is he not here? He should be here. It's like, oh well, he um, what did she say? He he accepted a job in DC and he's just not here, here tonight. tonight. So basically, she didn't answer the question. But but we've been keeping in contact all night, right? And he's he's supporting me. Okay, well, bring in the monitors. He's supporting me via text. Right. <laughs> Fucking text. Facetime his right. ass. Let's get him Skype, on the screen. Skype him on in. Yes. <laughs> Because we need to hear from Todd with your fake ass relationship. And then he kept saying, when they was talking about the, the baby nut, he was like, what kind of shit is that? He was like, who, who does, who shit, like does that? shit like that? I, I might marry Peter. Cynthia, don't <laughs> sleep. Because I might come to Charlotte and sleep. I don't know. Ass. Cynthia, I heard that they're still dating. So she might cut She might cut you, girl. Well, you know, you better act fast. Gotta be faster than that. All right, let's move on. Um, So our next topic under other people's business is amber rose okay so amber rose came on instagram i think this is today and she said okay so she posted this like text you know how people like type text and then post it on instagram so the question is amber why do you refer to yourself as a slut and a hoe this is her answer most people think the definition of a slut is a promiscuous woman who has sex with any and everyone in exchange for money, gifts, and or just genuinely loves sex. But that's not the definition at all. It's just a derogatory word that insecure men and women use against other women when they're uncomfortable with their beauty, sexuality, or confidence. I used to let those words hurt me, but now I embrace 
All of the derogatory labels with open arms. I've helped so many women around the world do the same. Heart emoji. Then the caption is, the third annual Amber Rose Slut Walk is coming back this October. Spread the word. Stop slut shaming. Stop bullying. Pray your hands. Thoughts? <laughs> okay, so I actually do agree with Amber Rose. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like um, at the end of the day, we're all grown. And once you reach that that level of understanding of being able to be a mature adult and, you know, make clear and wise judgments, you can do whatever the fuck you want to do, <laughs> goddammit. <laughs> Shit. Like, just don't be reckless. Like, that's all I'm saying. Be Make sure you're honest, you know, be very open and... Um, if if men want to know how many people you're fucking at once, let, let them know how many, how many people you're fucking. Like, there should be no secrets. The slut shaming comes when people want to hide certain information, okay? Mm-hmm. When you have this good guy who you know is really into you and is looking for some, something, you know, official and, you know, he, he's... He's loving on you. He's look, looking to have this life with you. And you know you fucking like five dudes behind his back. That's a motherfucking slut. Okay? <laughs> and you know you are. Mm-hmm. Just dirty. Now, you out here doing you and you single and you not obligated to no one. And, you know, you're just open. Like, fucking everything. But... Keeping it maybe, classy. Maybe not even everything. Maybe just like a few choice, you know, prospects. And when I say when I say everything, I'm not saying any and everything. I'm just spreading. I'm it just saying, you know, dropping it low, spreading it wide. Because because a few dropping it low and spreading it wide. <laughs> Look, just because you know the, these gentlemen may be you know ideal men of a certain caliber, doesn't mean fucking. Ten of them ain't fucking everything, shoot. Like, if, if you if you smashing through ten men a night or a day, if you I know sleep, if you sleeping with ten men within a month, you're not working hard enough. You need to get a job. Cause I can't imagine. How do you have enough time? Because it doesn't take much effort. Because there is nothing. There there's no commitment there. There's no relationship there. There's there's nothing there to be. You know, exhausted from. And when you're dating, let me tell you again, going back to our last episode, dating is fucking exhausting. It is. But if you're out here just having fun and everything is relaxed and chill and you just fucking, okay? Even you, still. you working hard and you say, hey, I need to release tonight. You at the very least have to make time to go somewhere and find someone who you find attractive enough to sleep with. Who said you gotta find it? Ten times it's in called, a month. It's called a press of a button, a swipe to the left or right, whatever. Like these, it's so easy to get get a man in your bed these days. But now, to even think of ten. Okay, first of all, let me clarify. This is not me saying that that makes you a slut. I don't like calling women. And this sluts is not me saying that and all that stuff because it is true. A lot of people just use that to shame women for doing 
some of the same shit that men do all the time. And a lot of times when people use it against women, it's not even true that they're, like, doing that. Those things. Exactly. It's just, like, implying that. That's, like, the easiest thing to say about a woman. It's a guilt trip. And, you know, people are going to, like, take it and run with it just because they like to hear that. Mm-hmm. But um, I actually agree with Amber Rose on a lot of stuff she says. The only problem I have with her is I feel like it's kind of a slippery slope because it's a good thing to teach women that they have a choice and it's our bodies and you have a right to say yes or no and you have the right to do whatever you want to do as a grown adult woman. At the same time, some of the stuff she does throws me. Like this whole owning a strip club thing. What's wrong with that? Just because like strip like stri- stripping <laughs> I can't even get it out <laughs> stripping to me is very much based on satisfying the fantasy of men is it for money to why me why is it why? I equate and this is not even saying that there's anything wrong with that but I think that is glorified in a way that it shouldn't because it's not as glamorous as people make it seem for and some for a lot I don't say I won't say a lot. I mean, I'm not I'm not going to downplay that there are I don't think any women is, out there who are doing it, you know, because they look, they, they feel as though it's the own, their only option. Mm-hmm. But I feel like that that is slowly coming to an end. I think a lot of women who are, you know, deciding to strip these days are doing it because they because it's been glorified and mm-hmm. sex, like sexuality is not meant to be, you know, seen as this dirty, you know, d- disgusting thing. Like, but I don't. We're even all think sexual beings. That stripping is even about what's wrong with a, a little bit of nudity. It's not about a woman's sexuality. It's about a man's sexuality and pleasing the men. Because if you think about, but you strip go on clubs a strip are not club, only for men. Though you don't get to. It's not, but it's me- It's created for men. You don't go to a strip club as a stripper and get to say, okay, I only want to dance for that guy and that guy because they look good. You could do that, but you probably ain't going to make much money. But you shouldn't be going... But you shouldn't be stripping with that idea of, oh, I'm going to strip for the sexiest man in the room every single night. Like, no, you're, you're stripping because this is something... I'm sorry, but stripping is a motherfucking sport, okay? If you, if you even knew what these women go through, Oh, I know it's it's work. It is beyond work. I'm not denying like, that. These female bodybuilders <laughs> attached to a pole because that's what they are. Okay, but that's like the 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 good ones. Not all strippers are like that though. Not all strippers are like that. There's some lazy strippers, you know. And but yes, there are. My point, but they is still like to shake their ass when you and they go, love the attention. When you go to the club, I don't. I don't think women become strippers just because, oh, I like being naked and I like the attention. I think a big part of it is, oh, I'm going to get this money. And it's easy money and it's quick money. I don't know. But I is think, it really I think worth they it? love that lifestyle. I think it's a lifestyle now. Pop style. <laughs> my point is they make it, a lot of women make it seem like that, but it's not as glamorous as, they, as it looks. Because at the end of the day, living that lifestyle is all based upon a man. And how much he values you. That's not just, why. Not, not just men. Shimon ain't but so many women going in and spending a bunch of money on strippers. There are some, but it's geared. That's why they're called gentlemen's clubs. I know. I know. Because it's geared towards my time. I know. But, um, but it's. 
I'm saying like at the end of the day, because it's so focused on what men want exactly a lot of these girls feel pressured to do things that they wouldn't normally do why the hell would a woman go into a basement and get butt injections just because you know i want to be that's not about what she wants that's about i know if i get this fat ass i'm gonna get more money (laughs) that's what that basements garages wherever the hell they go and get these illegal like jobs done that's dangerous. People die like People that. People do die from that. But that's that kind of environment that you build when you base it around what men want. And this is not me knocking stripping. I'm just saying, like, strippers will say this. Cardi B has said this. Like, people think it's so, like, glamorous and you just start stripping and start making all this money. But you had nights where you don't make no money. Like, it's a lot of stuff that go, like, that's beyond just oh, going I'm, in and getting money. Oh, I'm sure it is. So, mm. As someone who, like, says, you know, I'm a feminist, like, yes, you should own your sexuality, but I don't feel like stripping is an industry that supports that. It's strongly an industry that supports doing what men want as opposed to doing what you want. I think it's like anything else in America. These women are capitalizing off their pussies. (laughs) What you know? The butt injection. Do what you want, but the breast implants. Self-proclaimed feminist. Let's be real. You supposed to be past the stripping stuff. I support Amber Rose in her slut walk. Mm-hmm. Why? You know, I think I feel like I pride myself on being a feminist. Speaking of, I feel like this week has really been a testament to my feminine power because. I actually had to witness a male authority, our the owner of the company, curse out our office manager, with, which happens to be a woman, mm-hmm. a young lady at that, okay? She's like super young. She's like 22, okay? Mm-hmm. Mind you, she was kind of thrown into this position, and it's a bit overwhelming for her. And she and she has to take on a lot. She basically takes on everything that um, that deals with the entire company as a whole. And I feel like she goes unappreciated most of the time. And I had to witness, like witness him cursing her out over a mistake that was supposed to be my mistake. So of course you know I felt some kind of way. I felt I felt bad because I felt like damn, you're 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 like you're taking the grunt of a situation that I basically caused, right? Right. But the point in, the point in that is that I feel like is it right for men at a certain authority to no <laughs> speak to women in a demeaning manner, knowing that. You know that they, they kind of oversee that particular person. <clears throat> I think it's wrong for people in general to speak to other people in a demeaning way. Um, but I feel like a lot of men, whether like it's consciously or subconsciously, do things and say things towards women in the workplace that they would never do to a man. And it's like. Especially in that situation, 
what can she really do? I mean, she has options. She has options. But, but, but let's say this. Her options are slim. Right. Why? You know, I'm not going to go into detail. But let, let's say that she's in a compromising position where she doesn't have many options. Mm-hmm. So for her to take on this abuse, this verbal abuse, she feels like she has no other choice but to, you know, endure. All right. But does that make it right? Of course not. But my thing, too, is that, you know, as an adult, you choose, choose to allow what people. You allow. Yeah. And, you know, while I, might, I may feel for her, I don't feel the need to, like, step in in any way, shape, or form because she's an adult. And even if I did st- step in, it wouldn't make a difference if she still allows it. And that's what I was kind of battled with because mm-hmm. you, you know me, Jasmine. You know me (laughs) I'm not taking nobody's shit Mm -hmm. You're not going to speak to me Or approach me Or address me in any rude Or demeaning manner Whatsoever If I even see a man Buck up (laughs) Aggressively Towards my direction I'm swinging (laughs) And although that might not be The correct response at the same Definitely time, not, but how <laughs> can you, how else do you respond to something so aggressive? Now, now tell you guys I told you how I would respond. He was yelling through the phone. It wasn't, it wasn't like a, a, like a face-to-face, you know, right. altercation. It was more so, it was over the phone. And me and another colleague could literally hear this man through the phone, like screaming and bitching at her. Hmm. And all wow. and all she could do was just like you know, I feel like she was ignoring it. Probably. But then, but then again, who? But, but then again, who can ignore that? Unless you, it's, it's nothing new, it. and you're used to it, <laughs> and you you just zone out. Like, here he go. But like I said, it's all about like what she's willing to take. But um, me personally, that might happen one time, and I'm gonna say, look. I understand you're upset and that you feel that, you know, I messed up in some kind of way or shape or form or whatever, but you don't have to talk to me like that. You don't have to raise your voice. I'm not your child. I'm a grown adult. So either you can talk to me as a grown adult or we can just not talk at all because I will quit. (laughs) (laughs) And I would, I would love, see, eventually I I would get to that place. Mm -hmm. But my initial reaction would be to fuck somebody (laughs) else. Let's see. That's why, like, shout out to my league too, who also has a podcast. She talks about having fuck you money. So, like, no matter what, even if it's just a situation where you just like, you know what, this not for me. Always have something saved up in the bank. So, you know, worst case scenario, you can say, you know what, I quit and be good while you like figure out what you're doing next. I love the idea of fuck you money. It is definitely needed in any situation. Mm-hmm. But um. <clears throat> In her particular situation, <laughs> where you live, where you work, yeah, that was a terrible idea. It could be a bit, it could be a little difficult. I would never do something like to kind of see that through. Um, That's because I'm the type of person like I would never put myself in a situation. Neither where would I, and I, I warned her. Someone would have so much control over me or my well-being or my situation. Because I know that at any moment something could change and this could become a situation that I don't want to be a part of. So I need to have an exit strategy. 
and that's just too much. It needs to be quick and swift. Right. When needed. Because money, I can easily get money somewhere else. I just, I really want to know from men if they're, if, if they actually have like an idea of how they choose to treat like women in the workplace environment. Or do they even think of treating women differently or do they feel that they may subconsciously do it? Whether it's like in a good way or a bad way. Like I wonder if men ever, if there are men out there who think like, okay, she's a woman, so let me make sure that I'm like a little more cautious than I would be talking to a man. Which, you know, I'm not suggesting you should do that because you should be able to talk to all adults, you know, the same way. But also, like, have there been times for men where they feel like they may have said something or treated a woman a certain way and, like, thought about it later, like, did I do that because she's a woman? They probably don't think like that. But maybe there's some men who do, some woke men, like, really woke, not, like, fake woke. Because, <laughs> you know, there are a lot of fake woke men out there. So I think that's, like, our our unsettled um, situation for the week. So for men, like, how do they feel that they treat women in the workplace? And for women, if you have, like, any circumstances where you felt like you were mistreated because you're a woman or, like, you felt like being a woman has somehow affected your work life, your work environments. So email us. Please do. With your experiences. Because we, we are, love to hear your stories. We would love to hear what you think about this situation. Um, again, the email is sweetsaltmail at gmail.com. Or you can tweet us if it's something short and sweet or you just want to contribute to the conversation. Tweet us at sweetsaltpod on Twitter. And, of course, you can follow us on Instagram, which is sweet salt and sweet salt, sweet salty unsettled. I'm fucking this all up. <laughs> okay, but it will be in the description box. So anything, I know the email was right, but everything else you can check out our description and find out our social media pages. Um, anything else you want to add, Shamal, before we go? Because we were super long-winded this episode. Yeah. We need to find our sweet, salty time limit when it comes to yeah. this podcast. This is, like, clearly practice. We're just starting out. I feel like a year from now, we're going to listen back at these episodes and be like, like oh, my gosh, oh we were so bad. We were so unorganized <laughs> and so terrible. But you but know what, we'll though? We are getting there. And trust and believe you will see better from us yeah okay we're already planning how we can you know do better and stop you know <laughs> stop bullshitting <it's> like <laughs> basically <laughs> but all right thanks for listening make Thank sure you, you again make sure you check out our social media pages and follow us <laughs> tell your friends please tell your friends about this podcast and how they can find it right now we're on itunes and soundcloud and eventually we'll be on youtube and some other places but Push, 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 push. Spread the word. Come on, you guys. That's we'll appreciate all we it. we need. All right. Until next time. Sweet and salty time. and unsettled guests. Mwah, mwah, mwah. Love you much. <laughs> Catch you next week.